another episode of AI, where we discuss latest of AI machine learning, and we discuss it with guests that has uh, either some interest in AI or they're all into AI, right? Um, and I do this on a weekly basis with my near dear friend who is a big supporter of the veterans. And because today's episode is about encouraging military veterans to get into the AI machine learning world. So I'm here with Lucky. And uh, this is a privilege to have a, a weekly conversation with Lucky where we are exploring all sorts of AI, all sorts of AI use cases and all sorts of uh, futuristic uh, AI concerns, if I say, and also the future of AI as a, a community builder, as a augmenting uh, workforces, as assistant to, you know, stay home moms. Whatever the case is, uh, we discuss AI in all of them. So I have here with me Lucky, and I also have our guest, Robin, who uh, I am so thrilled. I'm so thrilled because it's near dear to my heart to talk about veterans employment because I'm a veteran myself. I've experienced employment uh, transition after military um, and, and, and landing, fortunately, into roles that I really enjoyed. And Robin here, you know, does something incredible, which is linking up veterans with the right type of employers. I love my employer. My employer is, how do I say this? Not a lot of people get to say that, you know, I don't want to leave because my manager is really, really good. Really, really great. My manager is super awesome. <laughs> and, and I get into this organization through the CIO. Literally, the CIO picked me from a program for the military veterans. And he said, if you're a military veteran, you want to come and work for me, all you have to do is call me. And I did. And that's how I got in. Um, so thank you, Robin, for being here. And with that, um, you know, if you would, Robin, make an introduction, please. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity. And and I will add my excitement to the AI uh, platform here because, I, you know, I, I was a programmer in the Navy. So I my experience with machine learning and programming machines and, and all that computers started way back then. I served for nine years in the Navy. Very proud of that. Uh, but it was a time that women couldn't serve in certain roles. So late 70s or, you know, through the 80s. So my advocacy for veterans really started back then because I had to fight to say, why can't I do this job? And I was told, because you're a female, not because I didn't have the skills, not because I wasn't strong enough, not because I wasn't smart enough simply because I am a female. So my advocacy and, and the fight to bring those voices forward started way back then. And then fast forward, I got out of the military after nine years, went to a resume writer. They couldn't understand how to translate my skills. What I had done in the military, they didn't, they just didn't, couldn't figure out how to put that into plain language. Uh, and so I had to start my career over. Didn't realize it at the time how detrimental that was to me. Um, I immediately became underpaid, undervalued, and underemployed. Um, fast forward 25 years, landed in HR, worked my way back up. Um, I've worked in HR, many different roles. And while 
finishing my master's, met an army veteran's wife. And her comment was her husband had been out for six months and could not get an interview. And it really hit me hard. I was like, how is this still possible? How is this still happening and why? And I knew I had to do something. So I created an, an AI program that translates military skills into military experience into skills and then connects those through AI skills matching to employers. So it, it's a lot of fun. Lucky. Wow. Um, that it's a, what you're bringing to the industry is amazing. Um, and I'm sure everyone wants to know more about it and how it works. And Robin, thank you for joining us today. And, and today, and I want to just say, that really, 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 that really hits home, you know, helping out veterans, you know, our greatest treasure is, is something we should all aspire to do in some way. And you're changing the industry. So, yeah, thank you for being here today and, 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 and educating us more and, and bringing this information to us all. So welcome. My pleasure. Uh, Robin, I, I think, uh, you know, we have a theme in this podcast, which is, you know, uh, we want to people to manage their expectation about AI. Which is the vast majority of the uh, listener here. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that vast majority of listeners will come into this podcast and have a, a new management, new expectation of um, new expectation about AI, right? Uh, and once that happens, we've succeeded, right? And, and if that's the primary goal of this podcast, a few other things that we are also building up at this point is to talk to veteran advocates like yourself to widen this conversation about why military veterans should step into the world of AI machine learning, right? Sure. Um, AI machine learning, when people hear it, they think about coding and programming, just like a Netflix movie or something like that, right? Um, yeah. The very fir first thing Netflix will do is throw out a bunch of codes and say, oh, look at that machine learning. All right, <laughs> yes. guys, you know, you get, I get the point, but it's just like one part of the whole book, right? Um, we have to go through that chapter one to chapter 12 of machine learning journey. And maybe one of the segments is coding and programming. Rest of it right. is something that an, an airman, a marine, or a, or a sailor mm -hmm. uh, can contribute to because that real life experience translate very well when you're designing a AI machine learning capability. Uh, when you're developing, you definitely need coders. You definitely need a lot of these subject matter expertise from the real world and subject matter expertise that are uh, from coding and programming language, right? Um, and then when you deploy that AI machine learning, you have another type of subject matter expertise. Then again, it's still military veterans that are really good to fit into this position to maintain that AI once it's deployed. How do you maintain? How do you observe? How do you keep you know, keep it secure and safe, um, keep the privacy thoughts in mind, the ethics, right? Um, all these contributions that military veterans can do outside of programming language, you know, it's very important. And that's what we want to put out through this podcast and have this discussion. Um, but before we do, I'm, I'm going to uh, talk about a few things that will transition us into what you are bringing to the table with AI, because it is super impressive. Uh, first of all, I mean, the keyword is no resume. Wow. Stop right there. Let's just have that as a conversation. <laughs> but I, I want to bring up the latest development of uh, this AI machine learning um, industry or uh, efforts, which is to say, you know, when we think about AI machine learning, we think about lots of uh, doing 
as in car that drives itself, right? It's doing driving itself or say something very autonomous that, you know, doesn't really need any human intervention. So it does things on its own. We think about doing, but first stage of that is to show, right? Uh, AI's machine learning is able to show us through data analytics, predictive analytics, lots of charts and lots of insights, like early detection, warn us about things that are, you know, coming in, right, incoming. And these are the, this is the, like the, the, the secondary thought in uh, general population's mind, right? When it comes to AI machine learning, they think of robots first, and then they think of like, oh, you mean that a recommendation system in Amazon is also machine learning. Ah, got it. That that makes sense. But there's a thought process that goes behind it until they get to the Amazon recommendation system. So the spectrum is very wide. So what we do in this podcast is to... That's not a robot. That's a computer beeping. <laughs> um, doesn't want you talking about it. I'm saying good job. Hey, good job. It's, it's picking up his interest. You know? Beep, beep, beep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three beeps, you're in danger. Um, <laughs> Very good job. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the wide spectrum of AI use cases, we want to be able to bring a, you know, um, some familiarity, familiarity, if I can say that word correctly, to the people that are listening and have them understand that, look, uh, we get the robot part. Of course, it's there. Uh, but there's so many other use cases that you have to you know, reverse engineer into, into so, so that way you can kind of appreciate the fact that this machine learning has been around for a long time. This AI concept has been around for a long time. We're not just getting started. We've been trying it, but this is the golden moment where we have to engage, right? Because we have data, nonstop amount of, like unbelievable amount of data that's coming in on a daily basis, quadrupling in size every day, right? And then we have co- computational power that we previously didn't have. Because we have a lot more servers now. We have a lot more data centers that are able to compute this data for us, right? So we have data, we have computational power, plus the use case, right? As in that ability to put those use case to work, right? Um, I want to set you up with the resume stuff by talking about natural language processing for our audience. And I will take a few minutes on that because then the audience can say like, wow, okay, we're, we're moving from natural language processing to a whole nother level of <laughs> what we need to be in the future, right? That's what the yes. future is. Future is, um, the best way I can explain it is that uh, when we think of data input, right, it's kind of similar to our eyes, right? Our eyes are taken in data. Mm-hmm. Ears are taken in data. Combination of eyes and ears is what we are actually seeing and hearing. But sometimes when you see things, you actually hear things as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean that with the sense that if your power goes out in your house, <laughs> this, is, this is like a one-off example, but when the power goes out in your house and the refrigerator turns off, even if you're not in the room, you're actually able to tell the power went out because that fridge stops humming because that's the loudest device in your home that stops humming other than your air conditioner. Right. So sometimes, you know, your earring and uh, as you hear things, you're actually visualizing it in your head what your fridge looks like. But that's not here or there. Right. It's just something that happens naturally. So (laughs) these are inputs that are happening continuously. And the output of it is to say, you know, we're taking all this input, but how do we have that output of it? Right. If you don't know what a fridge is using text, as in the word, the language, 
whatever language you speak, if you do not say the word fridge in your language, you're not going to really care about fridge if I say fridge in English, <laughs> right? So fridge is an input and the output is a vision that happens if I say fridge to you. If you understand fridge, you will see fridge in your mind, right? You will visualize a fridge in your mind. So that's natural language processing that is happening inside of us, but also happening inside of a machine. Yes. And that's what's so cool about NLP is that every organization, every type of behavior you have, every type of concept you can think of, they're all based on text. Mm-hmm. So when we have text to text, right, the AI that does reads the text and writes the text or AI that reads the text and makes an image out of it <laughs> or AI that reads the text and say, you want me to make a video of it? Sure, I got you, right? Right. Meta yeah. just released the other day uh, their version of uh, write in something, whatever you want to write in, and then I'll make a video out of it. Um, Dale, um, Dale, and other uh, stable diffusion, you know, they're doing text to images, right? So you type in a text and then it creates an image for you. So natural language processing is the forefront of AI machine learning success case that I believe that if every organization is sort of standing by and standing back to say like, you know, when the computer vision gets better, I'll adopt AI machine learning. Until then, I'm not really moving the feet, you know? Um, I would say if you're not taking advantage of NLP, the text-to-text capability today, um, your computer vision is not going to be as great as you think you would be if you do straight-to-computer vision rather than uh, text-to-text or business rule mining using NLP for your organization. So you can take more advantage of these computer vision technologies, computer audio technologies, right? Um, so enough about NLP. I, I tried my best to talk about text-to-text because th- that's <laughs> the easiest way to understand AI machine learning, the use case yeah. of it. Uh, because when we talk about resume, a resume is text-based. Mm-hmm. System reads this text, and then system is very bad. <laughs> okay. I'm going to slow down here. System is really not that great in taking that text and making that text into a context that is a, that, that turns into a good user experience. Exactly. As in those texts are kind of like a dumb text, right? The um, uh, application, um, what's that called? ACR? What's that three-letter word I'm thinking of? Um, app- application processing system like that? Um, I'm going to think about it later. But... I just want to get off my soapbox here for a quick second and say, like, you know, I am so glad what we're about to talk about right now has a lot to do with NLP and has a lot to do with the future of, you know, these text-based image recognition or text-based content creation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you think about it, your brain is really a computer, right? I mean, it's it's taking all, like you just said, your eyes are bringing things in, your ears are bringing things in, you're processing all of that, and there's an output to that. So we're just taking our brains, really, and amplifying that with AI and being able to make a lot of those calculations or a lot of those transactions happen much faster than we can do humanly. Um, and, and it's been around for a long time. When you think about, you know, we you talked about movie references earlier, the hidden figures, the, when they first installed those IBM computers to, to calculate the trajectory of the rockets and making sure they could get back to Earth properly, women were doing those calculations in their head and on paper 
prior to those IBMs, but the IBMs could do it much faster. So where, where I want to really talk about and, and, and make sure people understand is AI is not a bad thing when it's used properly. When it can be used to increase productivity and be inclusionary of what we need to have done, that's, that's really the, the great part about AI. But there's so much negativity out there right now about AI and privacy and security and filtering and all of those things. And it, it does happen because where that AI started was in that NLP, right? It, it started with that human's view of what the output needed to be instead of really looking at what does the what does the matching need to be? Not, not what does the outcome, I need somebody that went to college for four years. So now I'm programming my AI to look at a resume to make sure that the text in my resume says I have a four-year degree. Instead of really looking at the human being that that paper represents and using AI to determine that they have the skills that I need for the job and let's have a conversation. So there's a lot of ways AI is used. We really want to use it so that people are included and valued for who they are, um, not filtered out and and not excluded because they didn't write their resume right or they didn't include uh, information about their previous employer that was in an industry that I'm not looking to apply to. It's just we want it to be positive and it can be. Um, and it can learn. Um, it can learn from how what skills that an employer is looking for. We can we can program it to learn, but we're not programming it or making it learn exclusionary tactics. And and saying just like you know you were talking about the NLP when I when I hear the electricity go off, I immediately think of what's wrong in my house, right? Oh my gosh, uh, I've got all this food in my refrigerator. What what happens now? Uh, That is a natural part of the process, but we don't want AI to do that. We want AI to be inclusionary and value things for the positive, what they bring to the table. So that's really what we're about and and fighting for that and, and making sure that, you know, People are now looking at how you bring in AI and making sure that it's not excluding people with disabilities, veterans. Um, everybody says they're hiring veterans or military spouses or people with disabilities, but yet their AI excludes them. Um, and we're trying to change that. So, Yes, interesting you say that the AI excludes them. It, it, and I explain this to my students and, and people that I mentor or even people that I just that I, I'm in the same industry with and they want to apply for government jobs or jobs out in the industry is typically when you apply for a job, you fill out your resume and you have one set of your resume. So that's the first mistake. They have one iteration of the resume. And I say, that's your first mistake. OK, you need to have anytime you submit your resume, you want to be able to make sure your resume matches a job description. You want to make sure that they're almost one for one or they're speaking the same language. And they look at me with this, why? And then I explain to them, look, the first set of eyes or at least the first review period or process is going to be some kind of AI that's going to say, look, do you have the right words? Yes, 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 no. Okay, out. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, 
you're in. And it doesn't have anything to do with your skills at that point. Mm -hmm. It just, did you use the right words? Does your resume set up the right way? And so the only way around that is to just do the word matching. And I explain to my students, look, that's the first phase. You don't want to be excluded. And it's fantastic that you're taking the, the typical model and flipping it inside out. And you're, instead of excluding people, you're including people. Um, so we were talking about applicant tracking systems and how when you make someone match a job description or, or try to say I'm eligible for this job. So a couple of things happen. One, I can manipulate my experience and say, sure, I've done that task. I can do that. Um, and I may not really have the skills to do it, or I can massage my, my history and, and make my resume look just like the job description. And that's where we were talking earlier about text to text. That's really what those applicant tracking systems are looking for. They're looking for exact text to match between the job description and the resume. And we want to break that because I want to be who I am. I want to be proud of the skills I have from the military. I want to be proud of the skills that I bring from other industries that I've worked in and bring that to maybe a new industry. So what we do is translate military and, and civilian occupations into a skills profile and then use AI to match those skills to the skills on the job profile that our employers create. Uh, so it's a very intentional process. And it, it helps somebody be, yeah. again, be proud of who they are and not be excluded because the very first thing those ATSs look for is previous employer. Mm -hmm. Is it in the industry for the job that you're applying for? If it's not, one strike against you. What's your previous title on your resume? Does it match the title that you're applying for? Second strike against you. So again, we're manipulating or massaging our titles, our history, uh, and what really matters. Does it matter that I've worked at a company for 15 years? Are you going to train me in what you want me to do? We want you to be getting the people that have the skills that you need. We talked about this earlier. If you ask me if I've chopped down a tree in the middle of a forest, I'm going to tell you no. But if you ask me if I have the skills to use a power saw, I'm going to say yes. And now, isn't that truly what you want? You want me to have the skills to chop, chop down that tree. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we're doing is saying, let's get right down to the basics and use AI to really match instead of text by text filtering, we're, we're matching those that text. So employer needs hand power tools. I have hand power tools on my profile. They match, I have a conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, letting people be matched to multiple things because my skills in the military, I was a data processing technician. I did a lot of different things in the military. Mm -hmm. Security, you know, you were talking about what, what you did in the military. Security, there's so many more things. If you look at the job description for somebody in security in the military, there are operational planning, equipment maintenance, human resources, technical advisor. There's so many other things that that person could then do in the civilian community. But if he looks at a job description that says you need to chop down a tree, I didn't do that before. So I'm, I'm not even going to apply for that job. So employers are missing out on such great talent because they're using AI 
exclude for exclusionary purposes versus and and there's a whole history around why you know businesses used to get a lot of applicants thousands of applicants and they needed a way to to get through true to talent that they needed but instead of really looking at skills they went with the easiest where did you work before does it fit my industry where where was your previous title is this does it match the job that that you're applying for but it, it's missing out on all those people that have skills that learn them in non-traditional means. So that's really what we want to do is, is get back to the simplicity of AI and using it for inclusionary purposes. So. And this is where we take a drum beat and a breather and say, wow, what we just heard about exclusionary and inclusionary AI. Wow. Can we have some more of that inclusionary type? Right. One that is for all mm-hmm. rather than one that is for few. I mean, it, it, it literally, you know, for, for any dear listener, right? You know, the, the thing about, you know, calling to action, call to action right now. Dear listener, you have to have to get engaged in any way and shape you can with developing and designing an AI. Because once you have an input, once you have stake in the game, you develop a output the outcome that aftermath that after action totally yeah. different than one without you right so when yeah. we think about technology ai machine learning look i will say it twice ai machine learning to me is not a technology it is yeah. not technology it's a process yeah and if you're not part of that process if you're not one of those people that are engaged in that process with their finger on the car to say you know this is this is what is going to impact me in the future right this this involvement dear listener dear listener you have to get involved if Mm -hmm. you're a person if you're a people who have a job who doesn't have a job whatever you're doing you have to be involved in this ai process because the technology that will come with this process is what's going to impact you how your involvement was right Mm -hmm. and a lot of the human in the loop concept that we're hearing from Alan Turing Institution out of London, um, Alan Turing being the guy who coined the term AI. Um, so let's let's get involved, get involved in a way to bring in your story, right? Look, as Robin was speaking, it felt like those mental counseling that I had to go through for seven years because <laughs> life is difficult as it is, but it's really difficult when you just got out of military. It is. I mean, I'm not comparing to anybody. It's just that my only experience, wow. it has been difficult for the last seven years. Because when I was in the military, I was trained to do the job that I was supposed to do. Nobody cared about the, the, the job description I had. If they saw me and saw my rank and saw my badge, they knew exactly what I did. I never had to explain to anybody um, because I was in security. Like Robin said, oh my God, Robin, are you sure that people understand the word that is, that's coming out of your mouth right now? Because a lot of people don't understand guys like me who had a badge of security did not just do security at the gate. I did so many things in the military. I couldn't keep a job for more than six months. <laughs> not right. that I was fired, <laughs> but yeah. I was transitioning into so many roles inside of military. Uh, because as a, as a security guy, like, look, I, I did black market, human trafficking investigation, you know, I mean, that's just my two top things that nobody can even fathom. Why would I be involved in human trafficking investigations? Nobody would want to bring that up in my resume because nobody in IT cares about my human trafficking background. Excuse me. Let me repeat repeat that. 
human trafficking investigations, anti-human trafficking role that I had, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt like a mental counseling because like, you know, not a lot of people can understand that, right? right. You know, you, you go to a therapy to get, get these things out of your head and you realize like the, the match is just not there. It's not your fault, right? right. If you're a military veteran listening to this podcast, it's not your fault. No. I'm there with you. It's been seven years of transitioning. I'm still transitioning. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, I coach for had. four blocks. Right. I four blocks. I always tell them about the AT, ATS system, the applicant tra- uh, tracking system, is that if you are not matching the job description and, you know, using the words that they have, you know, you're going to be under 50% of, um, you know, the scoring. And and most likely an ATS system is not even going to give somebody 51% the chance to go to the HR's desk. It's right. going to be up to 85% of the scoring and the matching that will reach the HR's desk, right? Um, so, the, so the scoring system that they have put into ATS, it is at this point a dumb system. It it, is. It, it's fine. The dumb system is fine. There's nothing negative about it. All this mm-hmm. doing is keyword searching. What it's doing is content to content matching. Yes. So what we need right now is that content that has context behind it. Yes. That ability to see, if you give me a word, just like Google will um, take a word from your Google search bar and provide you with pages and pages of results, right? If it did that based on the word that you typed in and that's it, you would stop using Google in a heartbeat. Because of machine learning, you're still using Google because the user experience using that uh, uh, Google search is what keeps people coming back to Google over and over. Right? Absolutely. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for everything you just said. Let's continue this conversation. Lucky, I know you have something to say. On, on the <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting how we having the same discussions, you know, with veterans in the past, you know, how do you translate your skills and then transition into the private public sector? How, how do you fit? Yeah. You know, how do you skill match? And, 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 and you say, you know, say something interesting, you know, cause you don't want to lie on a resume, but how do you fit otherwise, you know, how do you, right. and so I think it's great that you develop this, this, at least this service, this AI that can do this. Now, I, question when you, when you develop this, um, so do you develop a profile with the companies that work with you that to be able to develop this this system to be able to provide talent is it just a matching so they understand so they know what they're getting right absolutely yeah so when the employers use the program they're creating job profiles and picking the exact skills they need for the job not the tasks they need done but the exact skills they need done and then our algorithm is simply matching them with candidates who have those skills uh, and so it's really, um, uh, it, it brings the text to text into a, a more reality role, a, a more um, place where I need these skills. You know, it's it's almost like when you think about Carvana, I want a red car with blue wheels. Mm-hmm. Match me together. It's the same thing. I, an employer logs in and says, I, I need a, a person in Illinois uh, at this salary range that has uh, computer programming, client service. Uh, and tech support. And then our algorithm looks for through our database in a second and matches them with a candidate that has those skills. Um, you know, in, we've, we, you also talked about earlier about there's so much more to AI too. 
that there's so many roles within AI, but when you talk about the military transitioning out of the service, think about this. It, when you join the military, military is all you are, are taught. Like it is droned into your head. Military speak, they, we have our own language. When you get out, now you have all these choices that you are responsible for making. And there are 32 million businesses in the U.S., how does somebody even begin to say, well, I might fit here, I might fit there. Um, but And there's so many other roles within a company that military doesn't even talk about. So when, when you're in those roles, but civilian companies need a security person that is also operational planning. Being able to, to think bigger picture, look at the, the big picture of, of what things are going to happen, how things are going to happen. So our AI allows them to take those skills across any industry, any company, and any job that needs those particular skills. And, and it helps companies because now when I have an interview with somebody, my conversation isn't about, well, on your resume, it says you were in security for 30 years. How does that apply to what, you know, my operational role that I need you to, to work in? Now, when you look at a skills profile and you see operational planning, you can have that conversation about, okay, talk to me about operational planning and some of the operations that you worked in and all, and how did you deal with teams and all these things. It just turns the conversation into, again, inclusionary. Uh, mm -hmm. I get stuck on that word, but um, it just, <laughs> it, it's my passion, but it, it turns, right. It is. Yeah. And, you know, it just, the conversation goes so much better in those interviews and the onboarding process and the, the ROI to companies, if they would just take a step back and say, what skills do you need and find people with those skills, we're going to have less turnover more dedicated, loyal employees because they're valued for their skills that they're bringing to the organization. And they're going to stay longer because they're using the skills that they need. I got out of the Navy and I switched jobs like every couple of years because I wasn't in a job that used my skills and I would either get bored or I wasn't challenged, all of these things. If I had stayed in a job or gotten matched to a job that used my skills from the beginning, totally different scenario. Uh, and there's downstream effects to being in a job that you're happy with. You know, we, as if you talked about your employer and it's great to hear somebody loves their employer. I, I love, I love hearing that. But if you weren't in a job that utilizes your skills and you're valued, you're, you're not going to stay. So um, there, and there's downstream effects to that, not only for the individual and my family or the community, if I'm unemployed, uh, if I become homeless, all of these things that that happen with with employment. So we're we're just thrilled to be able to change the paradigm, change the conversation, uh, kind of switch it up and say, use AI in a positive, inclusionary, I'll, I'll say it again, inclusionary, inclusionary. manner. <laughs> Say it again. Inclusionary. Inclusionary. <laughs> Inclusionary. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. It does. <laughs> wow. That that's amazing. It, it, again, it, it that's changing the way people do business or should do business. You know, um, I mentioned it before we, you know, in pre 
in our pre-discussion before the, 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 the podcast. And I think there's there's a benefit to what you have. So it's so big. Um, people that come that are, you know, that are exiting service and they're joining the private sector. They fit in government jobs and a lot of them are private sector jobs. Uh, USA Jobs um, and NIST, they partnered up and they created this thing called NIST NICE. And it, it gives people a way to compete. So say, for example, if you did decide to get a degree or if you didn't get a degree while you were in the military or in the service, um, but as you exit, you decide to get some certifications that are technical and background. They, they ma- I found a way to match certifications to match certain degree structures. And that way it allows people to be competitive in a way that they weren't before. Sure. But what you're doing takes it to the next level. And I think, I don't know if, if you have contacts that, I know that I have contacts at NIST when I worked with, to set up the program, we worked with uh, the army, different departments of, from all over to set up this program. And I think your program is the next level, next phase of that. And um, at least iteration and, and the next level. So um, I don't know if maybe this, this, if you got contacts with NIST, but maybe you had to reach out or I can give you some names that where I've had before that maybe could help grow this. Cause I, I think it's fantastic. And it doesn't, your, your website again, can you just give us more information about your website? Cause I don't think we've gave it enough, at least uh, gave it enough uh, um, time here. Enough play. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, no, but they, so I agree with you that, um, there, it, it does take it to the next level and it really brings it back to the simplicity instead of making it so complicated for both the candidates and the employers. Let's just get back to simplistics. Using AI to make those connections faster, that's really what it comes down to. So it, it's really making those connections faster. But our website is talentsascend.com. Um, and when we when we started, we started out with Veterans Ascend. So some of our some of your listeners may know us, and and as we promote this, that uh, some of our listeners may know us as Veterans Ascend. We just recently launched Talents, and Veterans Ascend becomes part of our nonprofit work. Um, but talentsascend.com, go there, learn more information about our mission, about what we're trying to do. We would love, we'd love collaborating and partnering with anyone who wants to be inclusionary. Oh my gosh, I said it again. I feel, I feel like ah, I'm um, But just anybody who wants to change the message, just change the mantra of, you know, how talent is acquired, how talent is brought into an organization and how we're valued as human beings. Because the other thing that our program doesn't do, um, it doesn't ask for demographic information. So when an employer first sees a job profile, they don't see the, the candidate's name They don't see anything identifying their age, ethnicity, gender, any of those exclusionary things that happen. Human, you know, again, NLP, national language processing, when you see something, your your human bias uh, just automatically comes into play. And Mm -hmm. and we're trying to to take that out of the equation. So when an employer first sees the skills profile, that's all they see. They see what skills they have, what their salary requirement is, where they're located, what education they may have or, or certifications they may have. 
they're basing their decision on this person's skills. So when they unlock that profile and they see that my name may be Susie or it may be Jeffrey, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. And when you have an interview with that person, nothing else matters. My age doesn't matter. My gender doesn't matter. My ethnicity doesn't matter. My uh, orientation doesn't matter. What matters is I have the skills for the job. And that's what employers need. And we need to be able to get rid of how human bias comes into the equation mm-hmm. and, and make sure that we're not um, excluding people based on our human bias. But it's hard to do because if I'm the HR person and I'm tasked with interpreting someone's resume, I'm immediately going to go to my bias or my understanding of things and like first, you know, like people like me versus if I look at a skills profile and I can identify all the skills that I need for the job, I can immediately be happy about you as a person and and interviewing you. So we we really want and you know, I grew up as a stepchild, so I had to deal with that part of it. Then I had a female in the Navy. And, and now as a female founder and, and entrepreneur, there's still wow. a lot of struggles. And it shouldn't be that way. Uh, it, it just shouldn't be that way. So we we really want to um, partner with people that get it. Um, and so we've on our website, you can find how to partner with us um, in multiple ways. We look for corporate partners as well. We really love to support small businesses because they don't always have the resources to to really connect with military talent, with people with disabilities. So, um, so yeah, we're we're super excited about what we're doing and taking it to the next level. And any people out there that want to connect with us to help us make those connections. So, like you just mentioned, you know, with NIST and Nice, absolutely love to have those connections and and make those uh, make more things happen. Wow. Yeah, I would say chop that up for a marketing promo right there. Include that. Include that into a marketing promo. Um, put that on a LinkedIn profile and say, you know, this is what we're about. Because you explained it very well. You know, we just got to take this video and chop it up uh, just for this piece and say, this is what Talent Ascend is about. And we almost had a whole hour of discussion without talking about bias. Yikes! You know, no, you, you you have to bring in bias. You know, the, and you I, brought it in quick too. Topic that nobody can understand what that means. Yeah, yeah. We have it's to have very a whole sad. Discussion on bias. Yeah, it is. It's it's very sad. You know, I have I have five um, little. I call them grand cherubs, uh, and I I look at the world through their eyes, and it's so amazing. You know, it's just so amazing, and it, it makes me so sad. Uh, as an adult, when we lose that innocence, when we lose that ability to look at somebody and not care what what they're wearing, what what their face looks like, it, it just you know they just love the world, and I think we need to get back to that, and we need more of that, and we can use AI to do that um, if if we think about it in positive ways. So, um, you know. Uh- the video um, that is being submitted to, you know, go through the hiring process. So not only do you make the resume, the ATS process, now that you are in front of HR and HR has 500 people that they will generate an automated image, uh, 
not an image, email and say, please send me a video discussing this for 10 minutes, right? Um, look, I am I am for whatever HR can do and make their life easy. Uh, HRs are also human. They yeah. have bias. And for that technology to be, you know, the, the, the ability to provide video services that quickly online in an instant seconds that we're having Zoom call right now, it's very instant. It's not lagging like you used to do in 20 years ago with the 56K connection. <laughs> in the future, where we have machine learning based internet services, um, we will not have that much of issue with having 10 minutes video uploaded and having us discussing our uh, own thoughts and process and say, you know, this is my resume. I didn't write my resume on a text. I literally spoke it. And then the transcription of that video and all the necessary information that I had a prompt on my video that was going uh, up and down and I was able to you know describe it must describe myself in a way that my resume is a video now right um I am for it I am for it but then again that bias is what I'm not for right um however whatever the technology is we can we can always create that better experience using that machine learning technology but here here's here's where I slow myself down to say that is a great feature that is coming because yeah. When we talk about technology, we forget user experience. And right. that's what's been happening with the ATS. The user yeah. experience is one-sided user experience. It works great for HR. Works yeah. maybe great for HR. I don't know. I'm not an HR. But I'm assuming they're stuck to the system. Either they, they have to, they have no other alternative, or they just love it that much, right? Um, but in the future, what's going to take over is LinkedIn. Hmm. And and that's, that is something that I want... Uh, everybody to come to a, a, a better understanding of because the way LinkedIn is shaping itself today, um, that user experience that you cannot find anywhere else, LinkedIn will be your only platform. So I had a conversation today with somebody and I said, you know, 15 years from now, there has to be a digital record of me doing what I did in LinkedIn. As in, not just because I put it there, typing in information like I am the greatest software engineer in the world, but other people have to validate that for me. Right. right? Uh, put in those comments there and you know, praise me for it or whatever the case is. And HR is definitely not going to go through say like, did somebody praise you for being a software engineer? Oh, this guy is not a software engineer at all because there's no comment there. Right. <laughs> By the way, I'm not, a, I'm not a coder or a programmer. I'm just making fun of myself because <laughs> I'm not any of that. Um, and nobody should believe that because that's not what I am right. Um, so th th these these machine learning capability to go back in time and history and say like, look, I, I'm, I'm finding out all this information and I can score this gentleman's video that you're looking at about this job that he's applying for or the way he's describing himself. They all have a good score that tells you know he's trustworthy. Everything he's saying on the video matches his LinkedIn profile. Everything he's saying matches his that resume that has been generated by an AI based on his, his uh, job performance. Um, let's say for example, in the military, we have performance reports and things like that. So you, you have all sorts of data sets that you can come together and bring together and say, yes, this gentleman is trustworthy with this information. And the hiring process goes from, instead of six months of lingering, going back and forth to six minutes. Because right. that scoring system, by the way, there's a lot of bias behind that scoring system, but that scoring system is inevitable. Right. We talk about scoring system being this bias system, the system that is, you know, like in China right now that we have, they have social bias, right? They score their citizen off of their performance out in the, uh, 
the, the, the out in the world, right? Okay. Um, they, they, they even score them based on their home activity, but they're definitely scoring wow. them off of their, you know, as they're walking as a pedestrian or jaywalking or whatever the case is and scoring them with their performance outside of their, outside their home or inside their home. Um, so we see that as a negative, but that inevitability uh, of, of HR hiring somebody based off the scoring system, uh, I think it's coming. I think it's coming because we, we will have to hire fast and we will have to get the job done very quickly. Quickly. And we do not have that ramp up time that we used to have with a lot of these um, innovations that we went through. Because right now, innovation, the way it's happening is to have an innovation that is fastest innovation possible, right? right? Uh, I'll give you one example. I, I love talking about this. GPT-3, the first iteration was uh, two and a half years, right? GPT-2 came out in six months. <laughs> GPT-3 was like, I think within a month. Right, that they released a newer version of GPT-3. That's how fast you're able to scale up whatever the services you're providing. And as you're scaling your services, now you have to provide that much quicker response to whatever service you're providing because your feedback system has to be that much faster. Your ability to survey your audience, your survey, your users have to be that much faster. Yeah. Let me stop talking about the future right now because my head is almost like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. having too much burst. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely well, right. Well, but just think about just... where, no, go, sorry, Lucky, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to mention that, yeah, GPT-4 hit the wall and, and, and we're hitting the wall. So uh, right. go ahead after you. <laughs> no, just but think about years ago, how many years ago did we only have snail mail? Uh, you know, yeah. and now we have, e but now we want that email to be like, you know, much faster, or we want our service to cell phones. You know, we used to not have cell phones. What did we do before that? And we had to look for a pay phone and we had to wait and buy the phone at home to get a message back, you know? So we are in a very much fast paced society, but you touched on something that I think is important that people understand. The negativity does not have to creep in there. You can, you can get a match score on positive things. Don't score me on what I've done wrong or what I don't have. Score me on what I have and find the company that needs exactly what I have instead of saying, oh, you don't fit my company, so go away because you've graded me negatively. I, we, what we want people to say is, I come to the table with these skills. If you need those skills, positive response. If if I get matched to you, it's because you need my skills. So we can take the negativity out of it if we choose to as a society. But unfortunately, as human beings, negativity is, you know, just watch the news on a regular basis. And all you see is, you know, the bad stories. But you can use AI positively and, and, and give me a match score that says, here's how great you are and you match to 15 jobs in our company let's let's go uh that's what we want to that's what we want to voice out there saying and shouting at the mountaintops is use it for positive things <laughs> oh my goodness uh, <laughs> I, I i i want to i want to have a version two of this discussion because our previous guest that talked about why a military veteran is a good fit for AI machine learning world. 
I want to have a part two of that conversation uh, because th yeah. that is something that I want to leave this conversation with, right? Yeah. Um, we've yeah. been having this great technology conversation, but I want to leave this thought for the military veterans to understand that because you did a job in military, that's not the job that you have to do outside. Right. And if you're not matching for the jobs that you want, um, you, you're not alone in that. Right? No. And the reason I'm speaking out on that is because I felt alone when I was going to the program, uh, when I was going through that, 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 that transitional program, right. That, um, program of taps, right. Transitional yeah. assistant program. Think about how our brain works. You're in taps program with other people who is having the shared experience with you yet. You feel so alone. Yeah. Right. Because these are not your people. These are new people that are wearing the same uniform as you, but you're alone in that taps program because none of your friends are there. So, so, so you, you feel like you left your cast and you go into the TAPS program. You're already alone in uniform outside of your uh, organization. And, and I'm bringing that up because that's when the loneliness started. So you have to have this mindset as a military veteran to say, you know, th there's a lot of people that will tell me what I'm good for because they will be able to translate my text that I put on my resume right. and then match their text with my resume and say, yeah, you're not that good at programming, you suck. Or yeah, you're good at security, really, you should do security. I get that. That's just the way the world is. Yeah. However, you have to look inside of yourself and have to have that inner vision of yourself to say like, look, I'm, I'm about to separate from the military. Um, I think I, earlier I mentioned when I was in the military, I didn't really care about anything outside of military. Right. All in military, 20 years I'm gonna do, I didn't do 20. So when I did my 10 year mark and I was getting out, I was in a big danger zone, right? Like falling off the cliff kind of, cliff kind of a danger zone, right? Um, what I would like the military veterans to understand is that when you are in that cliff, when you're thinking about jumping that ship you know, and then and, and moving into this new transitional career, you are going to have some difficulty, but you only can grow stronger if you think the transition will make you stronger. And that's what kept me going through the transition is that, I said, if I don't transition, I will just always feel weak because I never transitioned. Mm -hmm. And 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 transitioning over and over. Look, I have transitioned from, you know, just, just being this guy that who said, no, I don't need to go to college. I did go to college. I got my master's. All transition, you know, go through a certification program with Lucky. All transition. I've always transitioned and challenged myself to say, if I don't do it, I will feel weak because I didn't do it. But if I do that transition, whatever that transition is, hard transition of learning about Linux system or, you know, going through infrastructure of networking, it's transition, right? Um, it's important that you understand that now that you're leaving a cast that is, uh, uh, it, it's a cocoon, I would say. <laughs> and not trying to be a motivational speaker here, but it does feel like that. You become a butterfly, you just don't know it yet. Right. Absolutely. Everybody looks at you like, oh, my God, you are a military veteran. I love Absolutely you so much. True. Thank you for your service. But you're not seeing that your your loneliness tells you there's nothing in the world that's connecting the dot here. Other people are looking at you like, wow, I value you as a veteran so much. I want to do so much for you. So when you're, uh, you know, leaving that cocoon and turning into a butterfly, you got to take advantage of that transitional phase for networking. Yes. You've got to network. You got to network and I will be biased and say networking to the AI machine learning world. <laughs> you will find yeah. plenty of uh, land to uh, jump into and there's a soft landing and you will do great.
and I'll absolutely. stop there. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. And yeah. a great point. I, we want to, you know, reinforce it as well. It feels like you're alone, but you are not alone. There are so many resources out there. Don't feel like what you're going through is the, you're the only one who's ever gone through it because it is a tough transition. It's a whole new language. It's a whole new decision-making process out there, but there are a lot of resources. If if our veterans do nothing less, but then create a profile on talentsascent.com to translate their military experience into that skills profile, if that's all they do, then that will help them. So please do that at the very least, because then you'll be able to see in plain language what your military experience brings to the table. And, and it, there are other so many resources out there that you just have to tap into that you just don't don't go it alone. Um, and, you know, when you think about AI and, and machine learning, it's we, we started to talk about this earlier, but it's not just the programming. It's not just the coding piece. It's not just the writing the code to make the machine do what you want it to do. There's design work that goes into it. There's understanding the customer experience or the, the person that's going to be using the AI. What does that look like? So military people have a great perspective because they're used to thinking about things in a 360 degree view, right? Yeah. So they can come into any one of those components of being in an AI or our machine learning role or company or job industry and bring their skills to that opportunity. So you have to think outside of the box. You have to think about not just what I did. I didn't just do data processing in the Navy. What part of data processing can I take somewhere else? Um, and AI, like a lot of companies, there are there are jobs that you can fit into, not just the coding part. So I I, I think we we started to touch on that, but certainly chapter two we can talk about it more because there's so many opportunities out there, and AI is not going away. It's it's only as you talked about, it's only gonna it's only gonna get stronger, and there are going to be more opportunities to take your skills from the military into those kind of roles. So let us help you. Wow. Well, just from me to you, thank you. You're doing a fantastic job. Um, Talentsascends.com. Um, students, everyone uh, with any type of background in the military, please visit it. Like she said, Robin, go through and fill out a profile. It can only help you. Absolutely. Thank you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, well, thank you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity to to come on and talk about what we do and and just share the share the good news out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, part two uh, or chapter two of this conversation will be airing soon. Hopefully, not you know down the road, but not too far down the road, but soon enough. Yeah. Um, because we will get very technical next time. Because this okay. time we're just scratching the surface about designing the the development piece is very exciting as well and uh, we want to hear more about that uh, with that robin uh thank you so much lucky thank you so much and uh we, we will see you guys next week <laughs>